Welcome to PageCast's holiday season. This December, we're looking back and reflecting on all the incredible books published in 2022. We've asked a few special guests to review their top pick for the year and to give us a taste of what they'll be reading this holiday and in the new year. We hope you enjoy this episode of PageCast's Books in Review for 2022. Hi there, I'm Joy Watson. I am a senior researcher working on social equity issues, um, but I think more excitingly, I am an avid reader of books and I write book reviews for the Daily Maverick, something that I thoroughly, thoroughly love doing. So I guess, you know, it's, it was really hard um, pinning down just one top read for the year. And I hope that it's okay that I sort of talk about two because it's just impossible to pin down. I think that the a book that really sat with me was Margie Orford's Eye of the Beholder. Um, so for those of you who know Margie's work, this is somewhat different to the Clay Hart series that she wrote many years ago. But I think that, you know, it is it is very special in terms of how Marty's writing has just evolved into something magical, something that you just kind of have to go back and reread sentences and sit in its beauty. So the book starts with a bang, with a great sense of suspense, and we pulled right in. Um, and we get the sense that there's a woman running away from something unnamed in a, in a somewhat wild environment. Um, she's forced to abandon a dog that is with her, who she leaves later in the care of another woman called Angel. And the story is essentially about the secrets that this woman, Cora, is carrying with her. So it's about holding secrets as women, um, what that does to us, how it affects us. And what I love about the book is that Margie Orford works with the concepts of that which can be seen, that which can be experienced, and how we sometimes cannot find the words to name what we are seeing and what we are experiencing, particularly when the experiences are deeply damaging, hurtful, um, violent. And so, you know, in a sense, you hold the, the story of what happened to you, and when you try and give words to it, it can only ever be an approximation of what you actually went through. But the book is about so much more. I think that, you know, what also really kind of touched me is the way in which the book deals with the love story that we're not quite sure if there's something amiss with this love story. So it's a story about Cora, who now is middle-aged, and the beauty and the thrill and, you know, just the excitement of falling in love, of getting somebody who slides into your DMs and um, wants to shower you with attention and how thrilling that can be. But there's the, the you know, the, the edginess of, is there something off? You know, we're not quite sure. And, uh, it's you know, sometimes... I guess relationships cost us so much that when we do a cost-benefit analysis of what we get from them and what they cost us, that they're not worth it. So it kind of sort of has that um, theme in the background, but we're not quite sure as the reader where it's going until we do, and I'm not going to do a spoiler alert. Um, And I think that, you know, it is something that you're going to be tempted to read very quickly, but don't, because it truly is exquisite and beautiful and in some ways a work of art. And you have to savor the beauty of the words and the power of them. So as much as it's about not 
not having words to name experiences, the words in this book are all so beautifully threaded together. And then I want to talk very quickly about my um, other topic, which was Joe and Joe's Children of Sugarcane. You know, when I read this, when I closed the final page, I sort of had to bow down in respect to Joanne. We know Joanne is terribly intelligent, terribly beautiful, all those things. But wow, you know, this book took her nine years to um, write, and one can see why. It's like she's stitching together very intricately this very carefully woven tapestry that um, essentially seeks to bring history to life, the brutal story of colonialization. So Joanne takes the story of, she, she uses the story of her grandmother who came to Port Natal um, from India in a bridge to escape a marriage. And she uses this story of her grandmother to fictionalize a story about Shanti who comes to get away from a marriage um, and to support her parents. You know, it really is a trip down our historical memory lane in bringing to life the stories about women who opted to come from India to South Africa to live in indenture. Um, it's a powerful tale about um, colonialization, slavery, um, and really, I guess, you know, in how we have to deal with the history that we come from in order to reimagine our future. And I think that what is incredibly special about this book is that while it's a story about indenture and the enslaved, the women in the book have so much agency. They're so powerful. They're so... Um, you know, kind of grip, grappling with taking on the system and determined to have it not beat them. But of course it does, because this is systemic racism, um, systemic violence, systemic discrimination. But yet their spirit lives on and they, you know, they make sacrifices in order to ensure the longevity of, of their line. So a really special one, particularly for us as South Africans, but it has, I think, you know, resonance with a broader global audience for people who care about how the past shapes the future. Um, and then very quickly, if I may end with Jeanette McCurdy's I'm Glad My Mom Died, which is really about a young girl who grew up as a role model to other young girls and played, um, you know, was in iCarly. And what we don't know is in this persona of somebody who is bringing joy to many young girls all around the globe, um, is the cost at which um, the stardom came. So it deals with toxic relationships, um, especially in primary relationships. So her relationship with her mother as her primary caregiver, who's actually deeply mentally unwell, who controls her, controls her um, gaslights her, uses her to fill her dreams while being completely blind to her own needs and aspirations. The book is, you know, deals with incredibly heavy subjects like body dysmorphia and the mental agony of living with an undiagnosed eating disorder. But it's written in such a way that, you know, there are actually laugh out loud moments. I sat back and roared with laughter. So while it's serious, it's going to give you great joy and it's easily a book that you will devour in a day or two. And then I'm going to end with telling you in the holidays, have a moment, your feet are up, you're on the beach, you know, just basically breathing out and, and looking for good things to read. Do take a look at, and there's no absolutely no bias here, but Blood to Poison by Mary Watson, a very gripping read. Mad Woman by Louisa Traeger, 
the ones that I've just started and am loving, it starts with us by Colleen Hoover, Dogs of Summer by Andrea Brew, and I cannot encourage you enough to fill your holidays with great books. Like books are everything. They make us feel better in the world. They give us so much knowledge and, you know, they tell us about the human experience, how to make sense of the things that happen to us, to, that happen to others. Storytelling is incredibly powerful. It's a game changer. So whatever it is that you're doing these holidays, do make time to pop that book in your bag and take it with you wherever you go. And happy holidays, everybody. Happy reading. May it be filled with lots of love and lots of peace and lots of books. Thanks for listening to this episode of PageCast. To make the holiday season that much better, we are giving away weekly book bundles of all the top picks. Follow us on Instagram at Jonathan Bull Publishers to find out more. From everyone at PageCast, happy holiday.